everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, oh, those crazy things we do when we relieve religion. Behind. You know, yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> boy. Carte Blanche, baby. <laughs> well, it's 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 a it's a whole new world. Yeah, well, and it's probably more extreme or noticeable when leaving certain groups. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. If Please. you're it's, if you're leaving, you know, Catholicism, you probably just sort of fade out. But <laughs> people don't fade out from Mormonism. I'll tell you that right now. Like, I can eat meat on Fridays. <laughs> Suck it, Pope. Look, look at me being crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, I can do all the things that I've been doing the whole time. <laughs> all right. Well, first, we have some uh, stories from the week. Things we, yes, indeed. we need to talk about, Dan, including. <laughs> oh, just quite the uh, the commotion caused by um the minneapolis city council oh my oh boy dan um they took the opportunity when uh their three muslim council members were away to observe eid to (laughs) to vote on an issue that they knew that they were uh supportive of Mm. and that there was the, the the remaining council without these three uh, would 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 vote would vote down, and so <laughs> you're telling me that they that they did the ethical thing, and <laughs> just fucked over their colleagues uh, by, totally uh, just, by waiting until they were in a religious um, <laughs> observance. Uh, it was a rent control uh, issue. Um, mm. Apparently, uh, Minneapolis is considering implementing rent control and they, uh, would like to, the, 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 the actual majority of the council would like to put the question on the ballot this fall, uh, mm. for the voters to decide. <laughs> but oh, with, Republicans hate it when voters decide <laughs> things. But when, but when, uh, this, uh, when they, these three were missing, they, they, they they went nuts. Um, apparently, one person in the audience was uh, wise to what was going on and uh, shouted out Islamophobia uh, during the meeting. Uh-huh. I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Islamophobia, uh, but well done pointing out that the <laughs> the Muslim members of the council were were missing. The issue is it was a little bit of a clerical error. Apparently Um, the council is more than willing to reschedule their meetings around uh, council members, uh, religious or cultural observances. And so this one might actually fall a little bit on the three (laughs) Muslim members of the council um, because last year they, they decided to hold the council meeting on Wednesday uh, to accommodate Eid, okay, um, because it had been predicted to fall on Thursday. However, Muslim holidays apparently are so slippery in their scheduling 
That's right. That, That's um, right. Yeah. Like you can't, you like saying, hey, we'll do it on Wednesday instead of Thursday is no guarantee. Yeah. If you're that far in advance. Yeah. Which is insane because don't we know the motions of the stars and the heavenly bodies I more mean, accurately we do, than this? But, but we refuse to tell the Muslims about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> no. Because uh, they must have sort of realized the error at some point, but nobody alerted the, um, the clerk's office to, to reschedule it. And then by the time people did bring up the issue, it was too late to Frank, reschedule it. I'm going to need you to stop victim blaming here. <laughs> what? That's not it's what it's not their fault that, that their dumb holiday moves around. I, you know, it's not specifically their fault, but you really can't expect the rest of us to um, just <laughs> accommodate it. So if it's so capricious, right, the scheduling of this thing. Yeah. I'm not. That's, that's tricky, but still. Okay. So the thing fell on the day that they weren't expecting it to. The scheduling got all messed up. It doesn't make it ethical or okay for the rest of the oh. of the body to like slip in a vote that they know they would lose otherwise <laughs> just because, you know, there was a scheduling error. <laughs> Ooh, quick, take advantage of that. I love it. I'm sorry. Like yeah, yeah it's you're right. It's probably not the ethical thing to do. <laughs> um there's a certain amount of like, how much do we have to bend over backward to accommodate, you know, religious accommodations? Yeah. Right? Well, and here's one where they were trying to accommodate the people who were affected didn't alert them in time. Yeah. Right. And so what do you do? Right? Well, I will say this. Had these been Christians who had miscalculated their whatever and like it had worked out like this, they'd be suing. That would be in the Supreme Court tomorrow <laughs> if this were Christians. Because yeah. they uh they they believe that everything needs to operate uh based on how they think it should operate. So frankly, I uh I have I have some sympathy for the Muslims in this case, just because they uh they clearly would not get the consideration that a that Christians in the same situation would get. They could sue. Yeah, that would that'd go great. <laughs> Why not? Because Christians are the only ones who get anything done in, in our current judicial system. You know that. I don't know. Like I think they should do it. Okay. If it's well, I, I mean, maybe they should. I don't know what I, I don't know if there's any legal basis for them to sue. I don't think there probably is. Uh, I'm just saying that if they were Christians, they would sue regardless of legal basis and probably win at that. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to take us to Arkansas, where uh, a familiar name is the governor thereof. Uh, that's that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, she's a peach. <laughs> Uh, and she made sure to do a thing, you know, it's, it's the perennial back and forth. It's the grandstanding. It's the thing she had, had her kids theoretically. I am, I am, this is a dubious claim. 
She says her kids made this beautiful chalk art thing uh, in front of the governor's mansion on the on the on the driveway to the governor's mansion. Okay. Um, it looks way too good for her kids to have done this. This was not done by her kids. Okay. This is this was this was clearly taped out. It is it's like a mosaic, like a stained glass mosaic thing. Oh. That was taped out perfectly. Oh. Uh there's no way the kids did this. The kids may have like helped a little bit, but there's no way the kids did this. Anyway, right in smack dab in the middle of this stained glass looking thing is a cross. Real big old cross. Yeah, okay. So, you know, that's not awesome. Like, you know, that's a very clear statement that I favor one religion here. You know, this go- this governor, like, not only, like, if it were decoration in the, in the residence part of the governor's mansion, that's one thing. That's, you know, that's personal art. That is your own damn thing. You know, if your kids made a cross out of macaroni and glue, (laughs) go for it. Knock yourself out. But this is in the, like, public space leading into where someone would go if they had a meeting with the governor. You know what I mean? Like, this, Mm. there are are public events that happen at this place. Mm. So... Uh, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State uh, sent a letter to Governor Sanders just sort of nicely explaining that, uh, no, that's not acceptable. That is the people's house. They own it. Uh, she and doesn't you're... care. Oh, not only does she not care, <laughs> this is this is exactly what she wanted. Yeah. I mean, they have to send it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's... And they said, you know, you're free to display religious images uh, in private areas of the residence, but a public-facing display in front of an entrance intended, quote, to welcome people to the governor's mansion is plainly on the wrong side of the constitutional line, Mm -hmm. is what they said. So, of course, she tweeted out, Dear American at Americans United... I have received your letter, and my answer is no. I will not erase the beautiful cross my kids drew in chalk on the side on the driveway of the governor's mansion, or remove my post on social media. And I will not now or ever hide that I am a Christian. Oh Jesus! Which is obviously nothing to do with what they said. That is not. But she has done very little apparently as governor, and there's nothing. Better for uh, for your ratings as a politician on the right wing of in this country than to grandstand about standing up for your Christianity when no one's attacking it. <laughs> oh no, Dan! It's clear she was under attack, under she- assault. <laughs> they might as well have used AR-15. Could you please respect all the religious citizens of your state? It's dear it, governor. It's kind of your job. <laughs> it's it's a little bit against our entire constitution of the country. Mm. Could you please be slightly less in running afoul of the constitution of the nation? Oh, no, can't be bothered to do that. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, Dan. Yeah. Here's why. She should keep the cross. 
Oh, on 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 the grounds, right? Interesting. Um, and it has to do with the founding of our nation. I'm going to respectfully uh, disagree with you, Dan. About uh, <laughs> I don't think you are. You've never respectfully disagreed with me in your How life. How dare you? <laughs> Um, and I'm going to take the side of one Mr. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley, Dan. Oh, I think you should take his side. That's <laughs> he doesn't always have enough, the right side to take. He does not have enough people on his side, Dan. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, no, this week um, he is uh, under attack oh. by uh, by uh, all the all of us atheist lefties. Um, liberals. Ooh, it's awful because he tweeted out a quote attributed to Patrick Henry. Mm. Um, he's, he's famous for the line, give me Liberty or give me death. You'll yes. recall the, yes. the, the, one of the founders, um, of, of this country, a big uh, name in us history. Yes. Um, and there's apparently this quote that floats around that's attributed to him that says it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. However, nowhere can anybody actually find any real uh, connection uh, Shocking. B- between Patrick Henry and this quote. And uh, people were quick to point this out on Twitter to Josh Hawley. Right. Um, because this was his Independence Day, his special Independence Day uh, post. And uh, <laughs> apparently the quote does appear from a 1956 edition of the Virginian uh, which is uh, a magazine known for its anti-Semitic and white nationalist views. Okay. Now it's all making sense. <laughs> you're, you're starting, things are starting to gel. How, how did, how did Josh Hawley find this quote? Oh, it was in an old, <laughs> an old copy of an anti-Semitic magazine that he loves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so it's not Patrick Henry who said this. And, uh, and people attack Josh Hawley and saying that he needs to, you know, and, and, his and, and attacked. It's not attacked. People pointed out that he, this was a, it was inaccurate and he probably should delete it. Right. right. Uh, he has not. Which, which is an attack in their oh world. My God, you're, that the is an attack. It's the like, worst. Uh, instead, uh, Josh Hawley uh, tweeted out on Wednesday that liberals were quote major triggered by the connection between the Bible and the American founding. <laughs> right. And then he had like six quotes that, that tried to like tie the founding of the country to Christianity. Um, one of which was from John Quincy Adams, which I'll point out was a child during the founding of the nation um, and others. But he was there. He was, a, he actually he was, probably wasn't even in the country, right? See, wasn't he like a little kid off in Europe? I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen the HBO miniseries, so. <laughs> uh, which is where I get all of my U.S. history. Is from 
John Adams. The, the John Adams. It's really good. If, 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 it, if, if your U.S. history doesn't have, uh, what's his Paul name? Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. I'm not, I'm not interested. Paul Giamatti sweating over everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's good in that. There's, there's one part where I felt like he went a little, he acted a little too far. <laughs> Act back a ways. You've gone, you've acted too far. You've, you've, you've gone a little too far. Um, and so, you know, like, okay, if you dig around, you're going to find quotes. You can find quotes from people saying things. Sure. But the, the problem is that the, the, the country wasn't founded by any one person. So right. I'm not going to take your quote from your one person. What was the product that they made? Right. What were their yeah. joint statements? Um, oh, they said that we should have separation of church and state in the thing that they all decided to agree upon. How about right. we, how about that's what we look to rather than these yeah. weird individual quotes that may or may not support anything, but definitely don't go around <laughs> pulling quotes <laughs> from any Semitic magazines and attributing to Patrick. Henry. Right. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'll take us out of the U.S. for a little bit. That was a, oh, that was a fun Thank little, you, Dan. little 4th of July uh, after the fact uh, bit moment. But we'll, we're going to go all the way to Italy, uh, where I don't know if you know this, there's a fairly large Christian sect stuck there in the <laughs> middle of, of Italy. Uh, in its called, own nation, though. That's true. That's true. Uh, so... Here's the thing. Uh, they, 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 those Catholics have a lot going on all over the world, including a prestigious uh, theological university, the Theological University of Bresanone, mm. uh, which, is, which is actually up in the, uh, the German-speaking region of Italy uh, near the Austrian border. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. And they recently appointed the Reverend Martin Linter hmm. uh, to become Dean of the, of the school. Oh, so that, that, that is a prestigious thing to have happen. Uh, he, he, he's a very, very popular uh, theologian and educator. So uh, people were pretty pleased about it. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. The Vatican has, has not rubber stamped it. They uh, literally just, they said no. Oh. Uh, and the reason is a little surprising considering that, you know, we got Pope Francis out there pretending he's the big liberal pope that's going to that, that, that's be the savior of all of the progressive causes within the church or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, the reason is because uh, Littner uh, has written and has published a few articles that you know basically say gay gay people are okay and maybe we should be a little nice to them. Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Literally uh literally in favor if you can believe this uh of ceremonies to bless same-sex couples. <laughs> Gross. This guy's Catholic? Yeah. Oh wow. Very much so. Wow. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> He's he's not doing it well, and that's why he he's not going to get the good job. Oh, apparently this is actually pretty surprising, though, because you know there there has been 
movement within the Vatican toward, uh, you know, a little more tolerance of at least saying you want to be nice to gay people. <laughs> wow. Maybe not That's... actually being nice, but at least saying you want to. There's been more tolerance of that in the past. But what this points to is, is that there is significant uh, grumblage within <laughs> the Curia and, and, and there at the Holy See. So there you go. Oh, golly. Hmm. Just when you think things are getting better, Dan. It's so dumb. Half of you people are gay. Half of the, the cardinals there are gay, and they know it. <laughs> well, that's why they have to keep up appearances, right? I know. Like, yeah, it's it's that thing. It's it's that middle school thing of, like, mm -hmm. making fun of the other kid for being gay so that nobody is looking at you. Right. Oh, yeah. Middle school, Dan. And or adulthood. <laughs> And or the Catholic Church. And or the Vatican. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a bunch of middle schoolers who shouldn't be running a country. Uh, the Taliban. Uh, um, yes. They, they should not be. Because women are icky. Girls are gross. <laughs> it's the He-Man Woman Hater uh, <laughs> Club writ large. Indeed. Those little rascals over there in <laughs> Afghanistan. Oh. Oh, it feels that just felt wrong. That just <laughs> we hit a point felt wrong. Um, yeah, the 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 Taliban, which is how I've decided to say it from now on. It sounds fun. Uh, the Taliban. Uh, they um, once again have um, are going back on their their promise of a more moderate approach to governing. <laughs> uh this go around uh this... but it was so credible when they said that <laughs> yeah we all believed it we were all so convinced <laughs> um well the next thing on their list straighten their crosshairs beauty salons <laughs> oh which <What>? is really <laughs> quite awful um and you can't take off your hijab to go to the beauty salon oh, to no. have your hair done oh no dan it's not, it's not that because obviously, uh, beauty salons are, especially in Afghanistan, uh, are run, uh, by women, right. right? In, in this part of the world. And, um, and, and offer a lot of women the opportunity to have their own business. Bring oh, in, that's a problem. Right. Bring in, uh, money into their household uh, mm -hmm. when perhaps their husband has been injured or is gone, um, or maybe they never married in the first place. Uh, why does it have to all revolve around men? And, uh, in fact, this is actually really concerning because of that fact, um, that this is, a a, a, a about women run businesses. Uh, the United Nations on, uh, Tuesday, uh, said it was engaged with the authorities in Afghanistan to get the ban on beauty salons reversed. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, United I'm Nations. sure it'll go great. Their statement uh, says this new restriction on women's rights will impact negatively on the economy and contradicts stated support for women entrepreneurship. Um, but the issue, according to Taliban uh, spokesman for the um, Virtue and Vice Ministry. Mm, that's the good one. <laughs> that's of all the ministries, that's the best one. Oh, it sounds fun. 
Um, these are the services um, that salons offer that he says goes against Islam. Uh, they include eyebrow shaping, oh, yeah. um, the use of other people's hair to augment uh, a woman's natural hair. Oh, interesting. Um, the application of makeup, Dan, which okay. apparently can can interfere with the absorption of water when you enter the mosque, right? You have to, like, oh, there's ablution that it would interfere with the ablutions, uh, required before offering <laughs> prayers. It says, okay. um, and I saw, I read another article that said it was about the water, um, absorbing into the skin. And so you can't <laughs> have makeup cause that's going to stop that. Um, yeah. potentially, which seems, yeah. which seems really bad. And that's all they had to say. They don't need to make up this stuff about, you know, eyebrow shaping, right? <laughs> no, it, it's look, the point is, uh, the guys at the top want to have the only pretty wives in, in the land. <laughs> they won't be able to have an exclusive uh, on that. Yeah. Apparently also this was stated, um, salons cause economic stress, Dan, mm. on grooms' families who are required by custom to pay for the pre-wedding salon visit <laughs> by the bride and her close female relatives. So they're looking out for these these poor grooms, right? It's a it's it's an like, economic question. It truly, uh, truly, truly is. They and they figured it out. That's what's important here: is not women's ability to support themselves in one of the few ways that could possibly still exist right, right. in Afghanistan. Um, oh, nope. Man. They're, they're ending it. No more beauty salons. Well, there you go. Uh, if you, if you want to feel pretty, I guess that's where not to go. Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus that's also Christ. just where not to go. Like, don't go to <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, isn't it enough that they have to wear burkas? Yeah. Right? Like you, you I mean, to some extent, how would they know? Like they may be you, well, you may be able to get away with it. I don't think they've gotten to burka level yet. Have they? Okay. I think it's well, still uh, just like really, really, really strict covering. Yeah. Only the face, you know. And but if you do want to wear some makeup and get away with it. Just throw on a burka over top and you're, you're golden. <laughs> and yeah, and then you'll be seen as like an overachiever. Yeah. They'll be like, look yeah. at that righteous woman. They'll be like, we need more like you. <laughs> Wait until you, you can... see my sculpted eyebrows. Yeah, exactly. You can chuckle to yourself. <laughs> okay. Awful. Well, speaking of chuckling to ourselves, uh, so recently a, uh, a, We've talked about Sean Feucht before. I think Have we? I think he's yeah, once or twice, especially during the pandemic. This is a this is a Christian preacher who gets a, who who got out who basically made himself famous by have by holding super spreader events all over the country. <laughs> uh, while you know while the pandemic was in full swing, mm, nice. Uh, so cute. He didn't believe in no virus, and uh, yeah. and there you go. That was that's his claim to fame, and now he is he's he's quasi popular, uh, <laughs> in the uh, worship 
set, I guess. He tours oh. around. And one of the stops on his tour recently was the Illinois State House, oh. uh, where uh, he was joined on stage by Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. And, uh, and you know, he he's a guy, he, I, I got a picture of him right here with his long curly hair coming out of a cowboy hat. And he's wearing what looks to be a pseudo-military jacket over a sports jersey. Mm. So really great outfit. First mm. of all, mm -hmm. high marks for uh, for fashion for Sean Foy. <laughs> um, but yes, he uh, so he did a whole, you know, he's got a guitar. He's got a whole band. He did a whole concert thing. He does, does a whole thing. Well... Hot on the heels of that, another band has decided that they wanted they want to go to the Capitol mm -hmm. uh, as well. This is the band Satanic Planet, <laughs> uh, headed by uh, the Satanic Temple's own Lucian Greaves. Oh, who, good. Uh, they've decided that obviously, if Sean Feucht is allowed to uh, put on a big show, then he is too. Um, Shockingly, uh, you you're gonna be just brace yourself. You're not ready for this. Mm. They said no. Oh. Uh, the the state sent sent back a thing. Oh, sorry. This is the I think this is Indiana. Did I say Illinois? I think it's, it's Indiana. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're the same, right? Those are the same. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. Anyway, uh, the uh, the whoever it is that's in charge of uh denying satanists the things that they uh gl gl gladly give to christians said that unfortunately <laughs> the type of event you are requesting is not permitted in the state house we allow ceremonies and speaking presentation type events but apparently not this so of course the uh satanic temple did what they do best which is just said hey we don't want to break any rules here. We just want to be afforded exactly the same thing that you gave to Sean Foyt. So whatever it was that you permitted him to do, <laughs> please just give us that permit and we will do that too. <laughs> they were claiming that like, oh no, it's a very solemn building. We don't want singing and dancing and all kinds. We don't want a party atmosphere here. Right. And, uh, right, right. and they were like, great, that's fine. We'll just do whatever it was Sean did. That's they what, basically. That was their response back. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, they, well, just, oh, cool. They, they just said they'd let you come speak. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So they literally wrote back, uh, their, their, their lawyer wrote back and said that Feucht's public performance in this public, in this public facility removes all doubt that ceremonious activity is a historically permissible use of the facility. The Let Us Burn tour, that's it, that the Sean's tour was Let Us Worship. So they just basically copied his, uh, mm. his logo. Mm-hmm inverted it from uh, white and gold to black and gold and called it Let Us Burn. <laughs> uh, that's that's cute. They're literally just doing exactly the same thing, but uh, but Satan-y. That's amazing. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the Let Us Burn tour is, is a ceremonious activity fully protected by the First Amendment with equal force as the Let Us Worship tour. Oh, my God. Uh, 
so yeah, they're uh, just they are demanding that uh, that their application be approved, <laughs> and uh, and you know, hope we'll see. Oh, I love it. We'll see. That's really you funny. Know, Sean Feucht has been uh, has appeared on uh, in the U.S. Capitol grounds, uh, flanked apparently by Lauren Boebert. Oh, the Bobes. So, uh, so I, you know, it looks like uh, the Satanic Planet is uh, is going to try to make a similar tour, and we'll see what happens. They they may have a little bit more trouble than Sean did, but. <laughs> I'm guessing that they'll they'll get into most of the places. That's amazing. Well, they better. Or else yeah, it's gonna get ugly. Well, or it won't. They'll just go to court, and then all of the all of the right wing judges will just decide that the Constitution doesn't count if you've got the word Satan in your name, and there you go. That's... Nothing much to be done. And that's our country now. <laughs> Well, if you guys have anything you'd like to say about Satan or the country or any of the things that we've talked about, feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, we were just talking about Sean Foyt, uh, and and how and his uh, ventures onto the U.S. Capitol. Uh, hmm. I decided we're going to play a clip of him talking about those exact ventures because uh, he's bragging about the things that he did there, hmm. and it. My eyebrow actually raised a little bit on this one. (laughs) Okay. So let's let's take a listen. I am coming as a spy that has probably been to more cities than maybe anyone in America in the last three years. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, the, the people are big, the principalities are big, but the fruit is amazing. The salvations, the testimonies, the healings, the miracles, the breakthrough. I mean, it is things that I never dreamed I would see in my lifetime. And I've been all over the world. And what we're seeing right now in America, I mean, I just, I literally just got back from worshiping, praying, prophesying, taking communion in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. We transformed that rotunda. This is our second time we did it. We snuck in with cellos, violins, guitars, Members of Congress, help us sneak it all in. We laid hands all over that place. We brought oil. We brought shofars. We're crazy. They, they <laughs> laid hands all over that place. Like on the place or? I mean, I, I've touched it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, is that what? They have their I just shofars and. I we and we snuck it in and we had members of Congress oh, helping us sneak it in. God. I just feel like, you know, it is such wild hypocrisy. I mean, it's obvious it's Christian nationalism. It is it these are this is what we're up against is is a literal attempt to turn the US into Afghanistan. And they want to be the Taliban. 
That's that is their stated goal. And uh Well, somebody better you know, tell Bobert's eyebrows because <laughs> Well, uh if if I know Christians, the one thing that they will still insist upon is uh trips to the salon. <laughs> I, I've seen how those duggers do. They it is uh you gotta you gotta have your hair has got to be on point if you're gonna be a girl in uh or a woman in Christianity. Yeah. Yep. In the in the Christian Taliban. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I you know, doing ceremonies, doing I if Lucian Greaves did any of that stuff, he would be in prison. <laughs> so there you go. It's uh it that's that's America. Do 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 do. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, some folks wanted to express some stuff to us, so let's get to that. Nice. David wrote in to say, Hi, Frank and Dan. I love your show. Regarding the post office case at the Supreme Court, you'll recall, Frank, that this was um, a a mail deli- a, a letter carrier who, mm-hmm. who sued because he didn't want to work on Sundays right. for, for religious reasons. Right. Uh, I look at this, David, I look at it less as a religious issue and more as a workers' rights issue. As such, I have a bias toward workers' rights. You reason that it is not right for the post office to make concessions to the religious, that we atheists will have to pick up the slack for the religious who take the days off. But that was the same reasoning used by the by employers at, and the childless against those who sought paternity and maternity leave. And it was also the same reasoning used against having women in the workplace. Uh, Who would take up the slack when they were absent every month due to their periods? We as progressives, and most atheists are progressive, I think, should, uh, should support whatever gains we workers are able to wrestle from our employers uh, who are always loath to grant even the slightest concession to compassion and decency. We owe it to our fellow workers, even if they hold to Bronze Age views that we find ridiculous. So there you go. I don't know. I I don't take a strong stance on this one way or the other. I just uh I'm just glad that I I don't have to be have an employer at this moment <laughs> in my life. There you go. Yeah, I I mean, I I'm all for workers' rights. I I, I don't have a strong feeling about it other than maybe if you, you know, if you have to work on an unpopular day, uh, maybe you should get paid a little more. I don't know. Sure. That's a thing of value that, that a worker holds. They should be able to, uh, to, to, to get paid for it. Uh, all right. This is from, uh, someone signing themselves as a soldotro. Oh, soldotro. I'm going to pronounce it that fancy way. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Hey, Frank and Dan. I spent more than 20 years in Germany, and my German friends told me that the reason for the church tax is for upkeep of all the historical cathedrals and churches because the government can't afford to do it, and tourist money isn't enough to cover the costs. I understand the cost offset, but uh, when it's forced, it's not right. Seeing how much uh, goes into upkeep for my less than 30-year-old home, I imagine a 500-year-old cathedral would probably take a lot of money to maintain. Thank you for your podcast. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I get that it takes a lot. If only these cathedrals were connected to an organization that was like flush with a lot of money. 
without needing some sort of weird tax. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I don't, why is the state taking care? Like, it's, I get that, like, there's heritage there and uh, yeah. church, you know, cathedrals are pretty and interesting. But uh, that's that's not, you know, I either the government needs to, you know, handle it. I'm well. Look, here's a question it, for me. It's just weird. Just me. Yeah. What What's your question? Oh, just like if in a country like Germany where there's like you know this this tax that they're getting, what level of direct donation are they expecting? Like the I'm assuming the plate is still being passed around because whatever they're yeah. getting is probably you know it's never enough. Whatever it is, but I would assume that people also would probably tend to give directly, give less directly, right? Mm. Like, don't you think? I would feel like, well, Maybe. you know, I already gave it the office, right? Like, yeah, oh you know, yeah. Like, you're not. If I'm be, if I'm getting the church tax, I'm sure as fuck not putting anything on the on the the collection plate, right? But I bet it's still going around. I'd love to yeah. know actually if it's still going around. Um. But yeah, like, I just think that like, you know, yeah, okay. They've got old buildings that need to be kept up. If that's what the rationale is, not all of these things probably need to be kept up. Right. Right. Like not all of them are going to be great historical, important buildings. Right. right. Some of you don't need to keep all your local parishes. Right. Like if you're, also, if you're you hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging members, like you're going to have to give up a few buildings here's the other thing if and i think i suspect that a lot of these are like if you know if the government's footing the bill for this it's not because the church owns them it's because you know they've they've come into the hands of the government because the church you know, yeah, know. not unlike uh notre dame in paris which is not owned by the church it is owned by the the government um I just wonder, you know, maybe you have to convert some of these things to music venues or to something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, keep the shell. That's cool. Keep the history, you know, put a plaque up there, figure it out. But like, yeah, maybe that's a coffee shop now. <laughs> if you can't afford to, to maintain it, you know, but maybe, maybe, maybe you need to look at some different models. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there you go. Um, we have some folks to thank. I'm going to start us off. Troy, thank oh. you so much. Troy is now a deacon in uh, in our uh, not church that has not powers that we can not dis- bestow upon people. So, congratulations, Troy, for your uh, to for getting some uh, some magic that doesn't work <laughs> from us. Well done. And we have a new patron over on Patreon, Dan. Great. A new uh, prophet, seer, and revelator. Woke Boomer. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. So thank you uh, to the to the both of you for your support. And if you'd like to join them, uh, please do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. And as always, Dan, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. Sweet. More show coming up. Well, Frank. Dan. Here's the thing. You and I have spoken before on this show about 
the the costly signaling, the virtue signaling, if you will, mm. uh, that many religions ask of or demand of their adherents. Right. We talked earlier about, you know, burqas and hijabs. Um, you know, there's also yarmulkes and, you know, just various sects have their own things. A lot of Christians want to wear a cross. Mm. A lot of, you know, Mormons have to wear long, long shorts and, uh, and sleeves lest they show their holy underwear. <laughs> and I don't mean holy as in have a lot of holes in them, <laughs> though that may be the case. Uh, so, so, you know, we've talked about that. That's a, that is a thing that exists within religion. Mm -hmm. But there's a thing that happens when you leave religion too. Especially a higher demand one, right? Yeah. Like one with lots of strict, dumb little rules, um, like Mormons. Not um, unlike our former <laughs> dumb religion. And uh, what actually kind of got this started was um, there was an op-ed in the Salt Lake Tribune uh, that caught my eye um, that was about how a lot of ex-Mormons um, really get into to drinking. Right? Mm. Um, and it was, it was written by an active Mormon, right? So it was a little judgy. Um, oh, how could that possibly be? <laughs> because, you know, here's these ex-Mormons out there showing off their ex-Mormonness with a drink. Yeah. And uh, and the, the, the writer was a little, a little bothered by that. Um, <laughs> it's so dumb. People, man, Mormons' takes on what ex-Mormons are doing. Like when you're in and you're looking out. Yeah. They literally have no clue. Yeah. Like she, what, like what's in our hearts, what's going on. They don't ask questions. It's not like they ask anybody any goddamn thing. They believe they know what's happening a hundred percent. They are certain of it. It's not the worst written thing in the world. She's doesn't, she's not just awful. And she does actually, um, she states a lot of real facts about alcohol, right? Like, and there's a lot of studies and, uh, whatnot that, you know, that sort of counteract that whole, um, whole idea of like to, you know, a glass of wine is actually healthy for you. There's a lot of people saying that eh, that may not be actually the case now and, right. um, so forth and so on. There've been headlines saying that no amount of alcohol, um, is, is actually, uh, safe or healthy or, or whatnot. But, um, and she cites that stuff in, in her article. Um, but the idea is that like, when, when you leave Mormonism, like that, that first cup of coffee, right. Or that first, um, uh, sip of alcohol, right. Yeah. Like these are really big moments because you've been told your entire life that these, these simple little things, they're not going to send you to hell. Right. But you're not, you're not going to the top levels of heaven. <laughs> Of Mormon heaven, right? Yeah, you you get the the distinct sense that this is this is about as evil as you could be. Yeah, like oh, it's oh, it's God help you should you smoke a cigarette, <laughs> or if you you know what I mean, like right, right. You take a you take that sip of coffee. That's uh that that is the devil's juice right there. That'll send you right down. It <laughs> coffee, is, <clears throat> coffee. It is so absurd, <laughs> and 
And when you try to make them break, by the way, what's delightful is uh, you think it's about caffeine, but no, it's not about caffeine because you could do soda, but it's about hot drinks, but it's not about, you know, uh, hot chocolate. That doesn't count because it's about brewed drinks, but it's not about <laughs> brewed drinks because also you can't do, it's not hot because you can't do iced tea or iced coffee either, but it's not, but wait, hang on. Right. I think. Yeah, it. Trust me, they don't understand it either. Right. Eventually, their minds just sort of nod up, and then they just say, "No, it's the worst thing to drink coffee." Well, and I, I do love that this is from this article was an active Mormon who, you know, we should say an active Brighamite, um, yeah, because they're the only ones of the Mormon movement that actually have this prohibition, right? Like really, nobody else, nobody else took that maybe on. Maybe there's some other little little groups somewhere here and there, but like, you know, yeah, this it, it, it it's, started not as a not as a a law, right. but as like what was called literally the word of wisdom. Yeah. Like the community of Christ, they drink alcohol, no big deal. A lot yeah. of the the um, independent polygamists, they drink alcohol. Right. Yeah. Because they're reading the word of wisdom. Right. But anyway, we're kind of well, straying Jesus, from Jesus for crying out loud, <laughs> drank alcohol. Yeah. Well, point that one like, out to a Mormon and see what happens. But anyway, yeah, what exactly. we what we're really talking about, though, is these the this signaling and the power of the signaling. Right. Of, right. of when you're exiting Mormonism specifically. Right. Having that drink as sitting in front of you right mm. as the communicator to whoever you're trying to communicate it to whether it's family members you big family dinner out at, at applebee's or chili's and you got your little drink sitting in front of you you've just yeah. you didn't have to tell uncle so-and-so you didn't have to go have that conversation right right you have stated it you are not a part of their their mormonism anymore right yeah and if you don't want it to be a statement, it still is. Right. As a matter of fact, it is a, like there's no ex-Mormon who was raised in a Mormon family, you know, that cares about it, who who doesn't like you don't just mindlessly order a beer at dinner and then and then go, oh, interesting. That might have had an effect. No, you know, 100 percent what it means mm. if you order a beer at dinner like that is going to send ripples throughout the family instantly. Well, especially when you have, you know, your porn shoulders exposed. Yes. And uh, and there's a tattoo somewhere on you, right? Oh my god. Like you you, you <laughs> might as well have walked straight out of hell. Yeah. You are you are Satan's minion at that point. But like I, I people I think revel it, in I, these things though. Like yeah. when I get on like the I don't do it all the time but Occasionally I'll visit the ex-Mormon subreddit just to see what's what's going on. What are they concerned about? But they 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 love to post pictures of their their markers now, right? Um and they love to post pictures of, you know, oh, they have sort of their beers lined up that they're this is ah, this is my Friday night, and they have like three different little craft bottles of craft beer or whatever. And um and because they're because they're getting to right and these are the markers right this wouldn't matter in so many other communities 
but with them it sure does you know yeah it does and uh it's one of the interesting things is that the alcohol like industry here in you know in in this part of the country in utah idaho that and thereabouts hit like loves to play on it so you know you've got you've got one of the one of the most popular beers in utah microbrewed beers is polygamy porter right and there's five wives vodka uh, vodka distilling i guess they make other stuff too but and there's uh yeah there's 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 uh high west is a is a distillery is a uh, whiskey distillery and they at one point just to really stick it into the to, the to the eye of the Mormon church, they actually distilled Brigham Young's. This is the this is the the second prophet of the Mormon church. Brigham Young's own recipe for whiskey. Yeah. They, they they called it their Valley Tan. Just to point out to the Mormons, like, dude, <laughs> this is not how it has always been right. for you guys. Right. Like like this was you guys were drinkers at one point and you got weird about it. Yeah. But uh, there's an there's also an interesting thing that happens when you when people leave the Mormon church as adults which is that they were never trained to drink. Mm, yeah. They don't know how drinking works. They didn't grow up watching their parents be moderate. Right. Or not be moderate and see the results of that. They grew up thinking that this was just evil. So I think a lot of times one of two things happens with Mormons. Either A, they literally, uh, they, they drink, uh, they binge mm, drink. They yeah. get drunk. They go from A to drunk, uh, and that's how they drink. Or B, it tastes so bad, and it's such, and they're so unused to the whole thing that they just go, "I'm just gonna stay not drinking." Oh, I thought you were gonna the phenomenon of like the 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 the, the really crazy sort of intro drinks that people. Oh well, there's that too. I mean, it's when I I remember when I first started drinking, and I could not stand the taste of alcohol. I had never really tasted it uh, until long after I left the church because it was a while after I left the church before I started drinking. I was in my late 20s before I really started even, you know, socially at all drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to start, I, you know, I would go up to a bartender and I would say, I don't know anything about this, but I, I like my drinks like I like my men, strong and fruity. Right. That, okay. was, that was my that was my dopey line. <laughs> okay. Just because I wanted it to be very sugary mm-hmm. to sort of mask the f- taste of the alcohol, but I also wanted it to be very strong because I had a very, very high alcohol tolerance and it was hard for me to to feel anything mm. from it. So I just wanted to, you know. Anyway, uh, I did not, I, I've never been a good drinker. I've always been a, a, a poor drinker. Now it's just social. I just do it for, you know, because I'm hanging out. Yeah, you know, and that's as it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pass judgment or anything because I went through my phase. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I think it's it's good to point out that there there's a lot of problem drinking. Yeah. Amongst uh, ex Mormons. And particular. I assume that the, the the similar things hold true in other communities. I would as think well. so. Yeah. For whatever um, their their prohibition is. Right. This is the problem with 
like the whole idea of abstinence just as a as a mandate if from anything is that the human mind goes either ah! and it becomes this pathologized thing instantly or the or it becomes like rebel against this and right. fuck you and I'm going to just I'll drink all the things at all, all at once or whatever and it's it's just not healthy right to say to say you must only you must never you it's uh, Jesus says you're going to be a bad person if you do x or whatever yeah abstinence only sex abstinence from alcohol yeah any of the that that's just such an unhealthy approach yeah and it and it backfires and it does awful things to people yeah so that's true there you go uh it, Go, you know, it's funny because and Andrea and I are going to go on a trip with Andrea's family, uh, her sisters mm. and their husbands uh, in a couple weeks. And uh, I'll be darned, you know, we're we're going to play. We're, I'm going to be ordering some alcohol. This will literally be the first time I'm drinking in front of these people. Oh, and Andrea so, too. Uh, what's that? Andrea as well. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Okay. Um, wow, that's a big step. Just the siblings, though, not the parents. Just the siblings, not the parents. But uh, it will get back to the parents. Uh, they will find out about it. <laughs> so no they all know we drink. They've right. literally like they've been to our house. They've seen our vast uh, collection of various alcohols. Right. As a matter of fact, Andrea's mom loves it when a bottle runs out, so that we can give. She loves the bottles. Oh, yeah, some of the, the bottles, bottles are really pretty. Yeah. So, uh, so they all know, but it'll still be a moment the first time we drink in front of them, which I think is funny. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh... So anyway, go out there, uh, drink as pleases you, but uh, maybe cool it. Don't don't get overboard, <laughs> and uh, and go out and enjoy your lives. Uh, if you would like to tell us your experience with the. Uh, the first time your family saw you do the do whatever the thing is that you're not supposed to do, feel free to write it into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page if you want to. Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. What are you gonna do? Go to Twitter? <laughs> And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. They're great groups to just talk about whatever's on your mind. Yeah, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.